Hi, this is Jim Anderson with Psalm Tree Consulting coming to you with a biblically focused business podcast. And I wanted to take a little bit of a detour today from the usual thing because I uh, ran into um, a couple of websites that I see that are that are um, copying uh, courses that are sold online for a thousand, two thousand dollars and giving them away for free and or for a small subscription fee to the website without the permission of the uh, course creators, um, apparently. And um, <clears throat> this is interesting because I ha- I know that, uh, you know, looking back I- when the music industry was hit with uh, uh, downloads, music downloads, and eventually the entry of Apple Computer coming in with iTunes and uh, selling song downloads for 99 cents uh, entirely changed the industry. And it, it, you know, these, and these were songs that were properly copyrighted. Um, But what's happening with, with the, with the, this, from what it looks like to me is that, you know, in talking to some of these course creators is that they're not registering the copyrights because they believe since they own them, they have, they own the copyright that they're protected. And unfortunately, it's just not true. And, uh, you know, I only have 15 minutes here to, to talk about this, so I, I, I'm not going to get into the details of what I learned in my business, but I have been uh, involved in in business or consulting with businesses for over thirty years, and I um, have seen over and over and over again how the legal aspects in business can put you out of business if you are not careful. Um, you can make easily make a mistake by not protecting yourself, and I know that. These courses are 90% of the value because they're the assets that you have as course creators and what you're selling online. And if somebody, you know, pirates that from you, um, you can lose your entire business if you're not careful. Because once people figure out they can get it for free, why would they pay you $1,000? <laughs> you know? So <clears throat> it's true that copyright protection is automatic as soon as you create the um, whatever it is that you create that can be copyrighted. It's your intellectual property and you created it. And um, the, you know, when people tell you that you can prove you created it by mailing it to yourself and not opening the envelope uh, and then the postmark on there proves that you created it on that date. That proves ownership, uh, but that's only the, the beginning of the battle. I mean, there's a lot more involved in a copyright lawsuit than just proving ownership. Um, you know, if if it's not registered with the U.S. Copyright Office, um, you lose a lot of rights. And I don't think people realize this, that the registration, it only costs $55, is 
far more, far more of a good investment than anything that you could do. Because once it's out there on the internet, people can download files. Um, somebody can buy the course and download the files and turn around and sell them. And, you know, there is part of the genius that you can use to protect yourself against this is that you don't put all the value in the materials, um, the videos. Uh, the course is not all videos and PDFs, but in the services that go with it. And that's something they can't download. You know, maybe it's coaching that goes with it. Um, but, you know, in any case, the, the uh, actual work, the actual content needs to be registered to protect it. And <clears throat> let me tell you why you want to do that, even if you don't plan on suing which, by the way, is not a good plan because if you don't enforce your intellectual property rights, you may forfeit them because then when you do try, when you do decide, oh, man, I need to start suing people for this, if you haven't sued before, then why are you suing now? This is a question the court's going to ask you. And when they ask you that question, they're going to say, you know, apparently you didn't care about this. So, your, your copyright, you forfeited your copyright. Um, that's what's true about patents. I know that um, because of my involvement in the venture capital community in Orange County, California, when I lived there. And um, that was something that I learned that I thought was, it stuck with me because I, I saw that that was, it seemed unfair but it's it's very very true, and it's and there's a strategy. There is a legal strategy for stealing patents that large companies use, um, simply because the owners of those patents don't have deep enough pockets to defend their patents. If you don't defend your rights, you may lose them. So, what they've done in the Copyright Act is they have made it possible to obtain statutory damages. Now, you've got to be you've got to be registered to get them. Um you can you can uh you know in the Copyright Act in paragraph 504 it says that you can recover damages either by the actual damages that are made and the actual profits of the defendant or you can get statutory damages. It's your choice. Under Title 17 of the U.S. Code in paragraph 411, subsection A, you cannot file a civil action for a copyright claim until the work has been registered with the Copyright Office. You know, and with the exception that the claim was filed and rejected by the Copyright Office. You know, the Copyright Office has to completely process your copyright application and issue you a number before you can file a suit. You have to have your copyright registration number to be able to file a lawsuit in federal court to obtain 
recovery for your damages or to get your, you know, even if you, if it wasn't registered, you can't get statutory damages. But then if you register it after the fact, you may be able to sue for damages, but you have to have that number. You can't file in federal court without that number. So you'll be left to the civil court um, if it's not protected and not registered because um, it's protected, but it's not registered. Um, So statutory damages, what are they? and by the way, I just want to mention here, I am not an attorney. I am I and I am not giving you legal advice. I'm simply passing on information to you for educational purposes. And you need to uh, con- if if you want specific information about your situation, you need to to consult an attorney, an intellectual property attorney on this topic. Um to, to get advice on what to do in your situation. But I think that you need to know this stuff because too many people don't take advantage of this. So statutory damages, they can range. Um, it's determined by the court. The court decides what the damages are, uh, what, the, you know, what the statutory damages are going to be. And it can be anywhere between $750,000 to $30,000 per work with a couple of exceptions. If it was an innocent infringement, in other words, um, you know, the court says, you know, they didn't realize that they were violating a copyright, then the statutory damages can be reduced to as little as $200. But if the work had a copyright notice on it, which most people do put copyright notices on there, even though they don't register them, um, then the the defendant can't claim innocence in that case. And so it would be at least $750 if you have a copyright notice on it. Now, if it's willful infringement, which again is a term that's defined in the code, it's a technical term defined in the code and you know how it is with legal stuff. Um, words may not mean what we think they mean. They only mean what they've been defined to mean in the code where it was written. You have to look in the, uh, uh, the definitions of these terms. But the willful infringement, the statutory damages can be as much as $150,000 per work. And, um, you know, so, so it's possible for you to get more then you've actually been damaged. And that's why they give you a choice. Because if it wasn't, if you know, if you can't prove, by the way, damages are very difficult to approve, to prove. And if you can't prove, you know, you, you're going to have difficulty proving and it's not easy to prove. Um, at least, you know, you can recover that with statutory damages. But it can add up to a lot. Um, you may have multiple incidences and multiple different works that were violated and uh, you can get, um, you know, a statutory judgment on each one of those. And, and, you know, there, there was a case between Lowry Reports Incorporated and Leg Mason Incorporated where the publisher, uh, Lowry's Reports, you know, had this newsletter where the the defendant, Leg Mason Incorporated, 
um, would make one cop buy one copy of the newsletter, make copies of it, and distribute it among the uh, members in, in the company. And and so they, when you know, some of those they uh, they chose to have statutory damages, and some of them they chose to get actual damages. So it just depended on in each case, and they won over $20 million. So it can add up to a lot. And then there's also the Digital Minimum Millennium Copyright Act. And that imposes criminal sanctions for acts of, of uh, circumvention and interference with copyright management information. And so uh, criminal penalties can be as, as much as half a million dollars or uh, imprisonment for up to five years. That's just for the first offense. And then it doubles after that if there's a second offense or more. And, uh, you know, registration also gives has implications on protecting your copyright in the international arena. And so, you know, um, if you're, if you're going to recover your damages and you haven't registered it, it's not worth suing because it's going to take more money to prove according to the standards of the court what your damages are. So you're going to spend more money in legal fees or at least as much in legal fees as your damages, unless they are just extremely large, then, you you know, it's just not worth suing. And that's why people don't. And that's why people steal. And that's why it happens because they know that if, if they set things up just, just right, that they're going to get away with it. So anyway, that's my rant and uh, a little detour from my normal, uh, my normal stuff that I talk about. But this is important, especially because we're talking about the internet business, and it's and it's a an important area that um, you know in this world where where businesses often think that, you know, they just want to find out if it's legal when they're trying to figure out whether it's right to do something or not. And that's a pretty standard, that's a pretty low standard of ethics, if you ask me. And I, um, there needs to be a higher standard of ethics. And that's part of why I want to be in business is that, you know, and do what I'm doing, because I, I don't believe that, this is the kind of thing that should be allowed to go on. Um, and we need to have a higher standard of, of what right and wrong is. And, and um, you know, people who create intellectual property need to be, need, need to be defending their, um, their assets. Uh, there may be the intangible, but you know, so anyway, I've been, this, uh, I've been on this rant for over 15 minutes now. So, I'm going to let you go and um, we'll talk to you next time.